congratulations on that. And just relax. Don't hyperventilate. Lots of hockey to play. Uh, if you follow hockey or any big league sport nowadays, you probably see a lot of advertising for sports betting. And I remember a time when people said Las Vegas could never get an NHL team. It was out of the question because of all the gambling in Las Vegas. That has obviously changed. Uh, not anymore. Uh, gambling is now embedded in the NHL with the league actually partnering with a lot of the sports betting companies. Uh, some of the biggest players in the league, like Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews, are now official brand ambassadors for some of these web-based betting companies. But is this healthy? Declan Hill is an associate professor at the University of New Haven and the lead of its Sports Integrity Center. He's also the author of The Fix, Soccer and Organized Crime and the Insider's Guide to Match Fixing. And he's also written a really interesting op-ed in the Globe and Mail outlining some of the hazards of sports betting. And Declan Hill is with us now. Hi, Declan. How are you? I'm good, Martin. Thanks for having me on to talk about this important issue. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things that really snuck up on me and probably a lot of Canadians. All of a sudden, you're watching television, you're watching sports, and there's these yeah. sports betting things all over the place. So these laws have been changing, but kind of in the background, haven't they? Yeah, it's it's that fog of COVID, and, and, and it's a really debilitating one in, in, on this particular one. I think that, um, you know, if you look at the evidence in the European Union, you look at the evidence coming from the UK, both of which legalized single event sports gambling about 10, 15 years ago, and you look at what's happened in America four years ago, this is a massive social change. It brings all kinds of um, unwelcome issues along with it. And, and, and I want to make sure our listeners appreciate I believe in legalized sports gambling. I think it's a good idea. I, I'm not a, a proponent of hypocrisy. But there's a whole bunch of issues and problems that come along with the way that we've done this in Canada. And we've got to start discussing it. We've got to start bringing effective government regulation. Where there's a whole bunch of gambling addiction, there's a whole bunch of match fixing, there's a whole bunch of criminal money laundering. And I'm sorry to say this, uh, there'll be a lot of suicides as well. So this is what we've seen in the UK, European Union, and America, and we've got to move quickly to save our country from the same kind of stuff. Yeah, so I, I want to talk about that organized crime and those kind of aspects, but let's start with the human toll. Uh, you you have a an example of, of a young man who killed himself. In your if, if it were just one Martin, you know, it would be a tragedy. The issue is, and this is highlighted by um, a, a charity out of the UK called Gambling with Lives, set up by parents whose children, um, you know, in their late teens, early 20s, have killed themselves because of gambling. And this is the issue. This is the untalked about issue with gambling. It causes addiction. Some of the bookmakers, you know, these fancy ones that we're seeing all their ads on and all this kind of stuff. They target the addicts. That's where they get most of their profit from. And then they market themselves as if, hey, if you lose a lot of money at gambling, it's your fault. You must be a bit of a moron. And we've got to stop this. You know, we, uh, you, you go to Gambling With Lives website, and I invite our listeners to do this, and you'll see this heartbreaking web um, page there of all the children, all of their children who, who committed suicide because of gambling. Now, I'm not just saying that because they claim it. There was a coroner's inquest 
uh, in March, uh, middle of March, um, and, a, and a UK governor coroner listened to gambling with lives, went through these cases and said, you know what, you're right, gambling did kill your children. And the UK government is at fault as well because it didn't properly regulate this industry. That's what's happened in the UK after 10, 12 years of, of new liberalization of, government, uh, of gambling. We just walked into it in, in, in Canada after a couple of months, a couple of weeks, depending on our province. And we've got to stop it. We've got to say, hey, hang on a second. Let's make sure we've got this stuff regulated well. And there's something different to me about sports betting uh, than other forms of gambling, like, you know, roulette or casinos because uh, or, or even lottery numbers, because that is a, a total game of chance. But I, I think sometimes um, sports betting, it's promoted as as or how how smart are you? How much do you know about the game? Yeah. And I know lots yeah. of people who take a lot of pride in, in how much they understand about sports and certain games. And how does that affect it? How does what does that do to it all? Look, first of all, those guys are almost always wrong. Um, <laughs> I, I, I work with a colleague, a fantastic guy, former um, uh, senior bookmaker, the European bookmaker, uh, Chris Rasmussen. He's a professor here at the University of New Haven. And I was once talking to him, you know, over coffee, and, and I was like, you know, uh, how big was this sports bookmaker? And he's like, you know, it's like uh, maybe a million customers. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. How many of those guys made money? And he's like, well, you mean over one year consistently? I'm like, yes. And he goes, five. And I was like, you mean 5,000? And he's like, no. I'm like, 500. He goes, no. The fingers on your hand, five out of a million made money. Wow. So this idea that the bookmakers are saying, oh, hey, you know, it's a game of uh, skill. It's not luck is nonsense. Then the other issue is, as I said before, that the bookmakers aren't really interested in a smart uh, gamblers. If you are a smart gambler, if you do you know, by sheer, you know, you know, hard work. And it takes a lot of work to beat a bookie. Really, really hard work. Hours and days and, and just far more intelligence and, 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 and graft than, than 99% of, of bettors have. If you are able to beat them, they just cut you out. They're not interested in taking your bet. You're not going to get a you're get consistent money by beating the bookmakers. They're just not interested in that. What they're interested in is losers, and what they're really, really interested in, at least some of them, not all of them, but some of them, is identifying the really heavy, heavy losers, the addicts. That's where they make profit. Again, this isn't Declan Hill, some you know associate professor saying this. This is after some really serious research it was presented before the UK Parliament last year. UK House of Lords, and one of these, um, uh, you know, gambling um, charities, uh, Gambling Aware, had had done a poll, and they'd, they'd estimated some of the bookmakers in sports gambling made eighty six percent of their profit off just five percent of their customers, i.e., they were making eighty six percent of their cash off the addicts. That's the issue. That's the thing that the bookmakers don't talk about. Meanwhile, they're marketing, they're bringing in all these celebrities. Um, and, and these celebrities, be they sports stars or Hollywood with people, or even sad to say, Martin, some of our, our, our colleagues in journalism working for these guys. The real issue is underage gamblers. 
The UK has the Gambling Commission, which we don't have in Canada. We, we have nothing to properly regulate this across the country. We have nothing that independently gathers research on the gambling industry. The UK gambling industry has calculated that there are tens of thousands of pathological and problem gamblers between the ages of 14 and 18. I'm going to repeat that because I know the listeners going, hang on, the guy must have got his numbers wrong. Teenage pathological problem gamblers from 14 to 18. So, and tens of thousands of them. And again, our listeners are going to be going, you know what? Most of those kids, most of those problem gamblers who are 15, 16 years old, that's their life. It's over. Because their minds are being physically changed by being addicts at such a young age. And we know it. You know, our listeners know this as well. You know, some kid gets into problems. He's losing cash. He gets into an addiction cycle. So young, he thinks that's what life is about. So, you know, how do you come back from something like that? How do you come back from it when every time you turn on a sporting event, you have all these celebrities saying, hey, sports gambling is great. It's awesome. Blah, blah, blah. Again, UK, Italy, a bunch of these European countries have had this for over 10 years, and now they're starting to make bans. They're saying, hey, you know what? Let's bring sports back to sport. Let's, let's take the gambling ads out of the sports thing. If you want to gamble, that's fine. You've got a choice to do that. You can do it. You can enjoy yourself. But let's not have sports events targeted at 14-year-old kids. It's just not, it's not appropriate. And, and obviously, you're not supposed to be gambling at 14. There, there are age limits, but it's, I guess, impossible to control. Ha! 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 <laughs> that is the sound of somebody who's seen some people. There are many, many good people in the gambling industry, but some people in the gambling industry are really awful. And, and, and I invite our listeners, uh, you know, if they have any appetite for doing that, go out and see some of these apps, you know, with their little kind of color fairy little things. And you're saying, you know, who, 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 would, who would find an app like that attractive unless they're a 14-year-old kid? Like, like some of these things seem as if they're marketed specifically in the same way that tobacco industry used to market these cigarettes or these, you know, these candy uh, flavored cigarettes for kids to, to loop them in early. Right. Same thing with the gambling industry. Just, just Google the Flintstone cigarette ad. And, exactly. and you'll exactly. see it. It's, it's insane. Well, we, uh, I, when we come back, I want to talk about organized crime and where that yes. fits into all this. We're talking to Declan Hill, an associate professor at the University of New Haven, lead of its Sports Integrity Center. And we're talking about sports betting. And uh, you will notice if you're watching the playoffs this year, it's all over the TV. And we'll uh, hear more from Declan when we return with a little more conversation right after this. And it's Martin Strong with you, sitting in for Ben, who is back tomorrow. And we're talking about the risks and rewards of sports gambling with Declan Hill, an associate professor at the University of New Haven and the lead of its Sports Integrity Center. He's also written a really interesting op-ed in the Globe and Mail uh, talking about the hazards of sports betting. And Declan, we talked about how in the fog of COVID, a lot of the laws about sports betting in Canada have relaxed. And yes. Uh, yes. yeah, it, it, it seems like something that's kind of crept up on us. But 
one of the things that I hear when people talk about sports betting, well, is, well, if it's, it's like cannabis products, if it's legal, it's going to get uh, organized crime out of the game. Is that, is that true or is that a myth? Look, um, it, 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 it's great to talk to somebody in British Columbia because you've seen this firsthand already over the last 10 years in your province. You know, you remember casinos? You remember they <laughs> sold us that line about casinos and saying, hey, if you put a casino in, it'll, it'll drive out organized crime. How does that work? Yeah. You know, I mean, BC, uh, you know, I was at a crime conference in, in, in Australia, and they single out Vancouver as the money laundering casino capital of the world. You know, I, I mean, it, it, I, I, I'm not trying to embarrass myself as a Canadian or anything like that by saying that, but it, it, it doesn't work. And, and look, he, he, here's, the, here's the, the proof of this. Over the last three, four years in southern Ontario, there have been an onslaught of mob assaults, attacks, arsons, and murders specifically connected to the illegal sports gambling market. You know, and then you think, well, hang on a second. Why would you kill fellow mobsters to take over the illegal sports gambling market that's going to be legalized in the next few months. doesn't make any sense. What the mobsters are saying, what many of my police sources are saying is, you know what, if you legalize sports gambling, it's going to make the market larger. And as the market for sports gambling goes larger, the illegal market's not going to go anywhere, and you're going to have customers going from the legal into the illegal market. Um, so it, it, we've seen this in European Union. One of my doctoral su- um, students at, here at the university just has finished this brilliant 300-page uh, thesis on the Nandrangheta. That's the Calabrian mob. Those are the guys in the foothold of Italy who are basically the mob in, in Canada now. They, they, they killed most of the Rizzuto organization over the last few years, and they've taken over sports gambling. In, in, in Italy... The Nandrangheta, the Sicilian Mafia, the Napoli Camorra, and the uh, Sacra Corona Unita from Puglia, these four massively huge organized crime groups, united to run a sports gambling uh, network in, in a country where, quote, sports gambling is legal. And they money laundered and profited billions of euro, billions of euro. So effectively, we can say, you know, the same thing is going to come to Canada. We've got to start looking after this. We've got to start regulating it properly. Right. And you have a a really interesting quote that I'm kind of paraphrasing, but it was uh, these, you know, alleged mobsters in Italy. Somebody said it's it's not bam, bam. It's click, (laughs) click. It's all about the index finger. So I guess yeah, it's that computer. was from an interview. These two mobsters are meeting, and the cops are, are are secretly taping them. And there's an older mobster who's going around, and he's trying to find people to do, uh, you know, somebody to shoot somebody. And this young guy is like, "What are you talking about? Why are you always talking about bang bang?" You know, I get the best guys from the best universities, and we do a little bit of work with our index finger, click click click, and we make a hundred times more cash than you do. So no more bang bang, just click click. And that is the way of the mob. And basically what they were doing was taking um, customers from the legal market and bringing them into the illegal market. And frankly, if you're a gambling addict, if you're a serious loser at, 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 at betting, which is the, you know, the, prime, the prime customers for many bookmakers, both in the legal and illegal market, you much prefer the illegal market. The regulation is much less. The taxes, when you pay taxes, are much lower. The uh, vague, the commission is much lower, and they offer credit. So the illegal guys, quote, you know, putting aside the ethics, 
offering a cheaper, easier, better service. So if you're a serious gambler, you're brought in by a legal market, you're going to eventually migrate into the illegal market. And that's what the mobsters in Canada are thinking, or many of them are. Many of the cops are thinking the same thing. And that's why there's this bloody turf war over the control of the illegal sports gambling market in Canada. And you talked about uh, the way it's being marketed and clearly in some cases for kids. And what does that do for for example, here in Canada, hockey is, is you know, it's in our DNA. And what, it, what do you think when you see young players, superstars in the league promoting this gambling? What do you think it does for, for kids? Totally and utterly wrong. And it's totally and utterly wrong for, for two reasons. And again, for any listeners who've just joined us, I want to state very clearly I'm in favor of legalized gambling. I'm not in favor of uh, onerous hypocrisy, but what I am pushing for is proper regulation. We cannot have these celebrities, these hockey stars that our kids worship justifying uh, sports gambling because, you know, as sure as eggs are eggs, our our kids are going to start following this and they're going to get into sports gambling far too early, far before they realize the full consequence of this addictive pursuit. And we've seen this in the UK. We've seen tens of thousands of teenagers destroy their lives, you know, before the age of 18 by becoming problem and pathological gamblers, not just gambling, but serious gambling addicts. So I don't think any, any NHL star should have anything to do uh, with a bookmaker. The second reason why they shouldn't is because of match fixing and the threat to the credibility of the game. You and I and, and many of our listeners are huge sports fans, and what we do is we go to watch a sports game because of the utter improvised uh, you know, uh, you know, human condition out there on the rink or the pitch or whatever or whatever sport we're watching. You wait, and, and I challenge all of our listeners, as you're listening, you, you, you watch the next sporting event and something miraculous will happen. And you'll be like cheering, and then something, there'll be this little voice going on inside the back of your head going, was that real? Hmm. And as soon as you have that question, and it's a perfectly justified question when you have sports leagues who are official partners with bookmakers, when you have these um, stars who 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 are signing endorsement deals with bookmaking companies and betting. You know, it's a walking, talking conflict of interest because it's not whether that question is justified it's just the question puts it gets into sports fans head they start doubting the credibility and it's over interesting that sports gradually start to die interesting stuff declan hill uh thank you so much i urge people to go to the globe and mail read that uh, op-ed about the hazards of sport betting declan is an associate professor at the university of new haven lead of its sports integrity center thanks so much interesting stuff Martin, thank you for discussing this important issue. It's very important for our country. I I very much appreciate you doing this. Thank you.